What do you think about DJ Poly D? <sighs> Only because of you, I, I love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah. So DJ Poly. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here listing these amazing DJs, and you could throw that guy. Oh man. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Half and Half Podcast. What's up? Dude, I don't like it when we start these things and you're frustrated. (laughs) Oh, just too many technical difficulties and it's still annoying the shit out of me. I think it sounds cool. You sound like a robot. (laughs) We're going to hear ourselves like that, but our listeners won't. Yeah, so the eight of you, (laughs) bear with us. Dude, so... I've been I've been wrecking it real bad lately. Uh-huh. What do you What do you mean? There's times where I just fucking throw caution to the wind, and I say, you know what? I've got nothing, nothing holding me back from eating like a fat kid. Yeah. Right. So like the past four or five days, I've packed on a couple of lbs. I normally sit at like 192. Right now, I'm like at 198. Yeah. Really? And that's in like six days time. But um, the older we get. <clears throat> I don't think I'm lactose intolerant, right? Uh-huh. But sometimes you just got to roll the dice. And I've had cereal like two days in a row. With regular milk? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know why with oat milk out there, why anybody drinks regular milk. You know what, man? I've tried the oat milk. I've tried the almond milk. I use almond milk for my coffee like at gross. work. When almond days, milk's gross. When days I need... Well, I don't drink it by itself. Yeah. But... um. There's nothing like, and I hate milk, so it's weird saying this, right? But I have to have milk in my cereal. Right. There's nothing like whole milk in your cereal, but I'm fucking paying for it. Needless to say, I'm running home when, we, when we're <laughs> done here. I, I don't even remember the last time I had regular milk. It just grosses me out. It's disgusting. Yeah, and you were a big milk drinker. Yeah, back in the day. Before I knew better, though. What do you mean? Sorry, when, when you, you start hearing about pus and disgusting things like that being inside your milk um yeah uh, makes you tough <laughs> gross <laughs> oh yeah that's why i i if i do drink any milk it's oat milk all the way i don't like almond milk i don't like soy milk uh the rice milk oh it's okay i guess but the one that i really love is the oat milk uh, i've tried them all with cereal mm-hmm. that's the only time i'll have milk is with cereal yeah only time yeah. Well, and like a milkshake or whatever, but only time. I don't drink milk. Never have. Yeah. When I was a baby, I guess I did. But but yeah, I've tried them all, man. Yeah. And there's just something about that whole milk with cereal. Because I love fucking cereal, dude. And I'm a boring ass cereal eater. Let me tell you, fucking boring. <laughs> Frosted Flakes, number one. Frosted Mini Wheats, uh, number I'm, two. I think I'm more boring than you then. Oh, don't tell me like Raisin Bran or some I weird I do shit. love Raisin Bran. Oh, God. I, but my favorite though is Life. Oh, shit. I absolutely love life cereal. Um, but I do like Raisin Bran, too. I like Chex. I like all the plain ones. So, I think the other ones are too sugary. Really? Yeah, and I love sugar, but I think when I taste those, I'm just like, really? Like, this is what people are feeding their kids? Like, it's just too freaking sugary. And then 
I think oat milk tastes great. I think, actually, matter of fact, and it's not even just because of my veganism, I honestly think oat milk tastes better than regular milk because I used to like regular milk. Yeah. And I, I don't remember how long ago I tried tasting it again, and I was like, what the hell was I thinking? But again, probably because my taste buds have become acclimated to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it didn't take long to start liking oat milk. I just loved oat milk from the get go. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to lay off regular milk, which is why I started experimenting with others. Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't have the same pizzazz with cereal. It just crosses me out, man. Especially like, especially I I don't want to get all like, um, Whatever. I when you when you learn what they do to those cows just to get the milk. Yeah, I know. It, I know. You know what I mean? Again, like, I'm so well, well aware of my contradictions. It's just <laughs> you can't. I mean, that was the to me that was the first thing. Then the second thing was learning what's actually in the milk. Yeah. And what they give the cows to like, just the whole processing process. Yeah. Um, I, that was enough to just gross me out to the point where. I just couldn't do it. And yeah. so now when I have, like I said, I've gone and tasted it. It just, you know what, you know what, you know what the biggest thing that grosses me out? Oh. Uh, I would say about like a year ago, I decided to try regular milk. And afterwards I had like, I, I felt like this like fatty film in my mouth. Oh yeah. Oh God, that grossed me out so bad. I had, you know, you don't get that with oat milk. So when that happened to me, I was like, what, what? But like, why do they call it oat milk? Or almond milk. It's not milk, right? It's just... Well, I mean, it looks and it's supposed to be a substitute. That's that's the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a substitute. I mean, if you call that oat juice, (laughs) (laughs) nobody's going to put it in their their cereal. I don't know, man. I've never, like I said, I can't... I hate milk. Mm -hmm. But cereal, the flavor of the cereal masks the whole milk experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I only have milk... Maybe four times a year. Yeah. Maybe. Like the other day, I just, I'm trying to stay away from the snow cones. I've only had a fourth of a snow cone since April, mm-hmm. March, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. It's been a long fucking time. But I needed something sweet. I said, fuck, I haven't had cereal in a while. So I did it. Cereal's good. And I'm fucking dying. <laughs> <laughs> so good morning, everybody. This is our talk about milk for the morning. <laughs> Welcome to it. <laughs> So uh, real quick before we get into anything, that intro music is different. Yeah, it's sad, man. It's that's, a song I wrote. That's sad. I, I had to. Uh, I started noticing. So our video, our podcast, automatically gets uploaded to YouTube, and mm-hmm. it kept saying copyright claim. Um, claim, and mm-hmm. I was like, "What the heck? What am I?" And then I realized it's the intro. So just to be safe, I um, I went ahead and I just. Uh, Put one of my own personal songs since mm-hmm. it's considered royalty free. Uh, Did you do a heavy song? No, no. Actually, I'm gonna go mellow. I'm gonna try different things out. What the fuck? So we're, we're heavy musicians. You said heavy <laughs> when we had this. I know. I had originally said that, but I decided I wanted to try like three or four different intros, and then ask people which one they like the best, and then or they we might say now nah, you guys suck and and go with the one that we like the best yeah but i want to try like three or four different things and see what what sticks all right i guess i suppose it just sucks that song is like the one that we had i know it represented us for well. people that people that don't know i'm adrian oh yeah and i'm paul forgot okay. we always forget that but i'm saying like 
So the reason for the ebony and ivory is that Paul and I, again, true half-and-half half fashion, I'm a beautiful mocha brown, <laughs> and Paul is a gorgeous pasty white. <laughs> pasty. <laughs> so... Not, have, not the, like, uh, what's his name? Not uh, like powder. No, like, what's his name? Elon Musk, you know, those oh, pictures yeah, that no, they released no, of him? No. That's a pasty son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> that guy's almost transparent, man. Yeah. Like, you can see his veins. I am. But um, that's the that was the allure of that song for us. Yeah. Ebony and Ivory. Yeah. But unfortunately, with uh, futuristic technology and uh, copyright claims and everybody knowing, even though, even though technically, I think I... I cut it to like seven seconds. Actually, maybe it's a little bit longer. I know back in the day, it was like you could use any track you wanted as long as it was seven or nine seconds or less. Well, fun fact, on YouTube, the reason why YouTube shorts, you can use anybody's song that's on that catalog for 15 seconds. Mm. If, you're sa if, you're, if your video is longer than 15 seconds... It cuts the song, or it cuts your video. Okay, so then that's probably what that's it is. because the fifteen seconds, uh -huh. it won't. It's it's uh, you a, won't get it's copyright. A copyright claim. Yeah, but I don't think I played our intro more than fifteen seconds. Well, if you went dun 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 ebony, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I really don't. But apparently, it it they still are dinging me. So, oh, well, whatever. Dude, speaking of YouTube, mm -hmm. what a finicky motherfucker, man. So, what was yesterday? Monday? Mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday, I put up two toys. Again, everybody, Plastic Realm toys, if you're in, into that thing. Combined total, almost 4,000 views on two toys, mm -hmm. right? I put up a fucking toy yesterday, 13 views. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't well, get it. Well, I mean, it goes back to, <clears throat> like, I put up a short, uh, I got... 2.5 thousand views yeah the next one after that was like 200 and almost 300 and then the next one after that was 100 and something and then this last one <laughs> 11 like 11 yeah I saw like that. um yeah i don't know it's weird man it's i think so they're still trying to figure out their own ai i don't even know but how do you go from almost four thousand years is two thousand two two thousand point five to 10 and mine was 13 yeah i don't get it yeah dude. it's weird i don't even know i'm trying to figure <laughs> it out i'm just I, th I don't know. Anyways, um, real so, quick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I dropped my drink. We always say real quick. and it's Oh, like yeah. So that's, that's actually what I was going to go. It's a quick to. 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to get to next. Um, Justin, our lovely old guitar player. And I don't mean old like he's old. I mean like. Our, he's still our guitar well, player. Well, yes. But I mean like our. Um, the gorgeous JB. From the band Ashling. Yeah. Uh, he sent us a message, which um, it was, first of all, it was a voice message. So it was really nice to hear his voice. I haven't heard his voice in ages. And partially, I'm not going to blame myself because he doesn't fucking call me either. Yeah. <laughs> but we should call each other more. JB, yeah. if you're listening, buddy. So he he said that we needed to do a drinking game mm -hmm. um, every time we say, Really? Really? <laughs> And I hadn't noticed, you know, I had noticed certain things that we say a lot, but yeah. I hadn't noticed that one in particular. Yeah, that one I never noticed, noticed either. Like, we both have our things, yeah. right? Like, I like to say motherfucker a lot. Right. And you like to say, for those of you listening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that in the span of an hour and a half yeah. that, you know, we say repeatedly, but apparently 
really is one of them. I, yeah, I never noticed. And I guess we say it enough for him to men, uh, suggest that we should do a drinking game. Yeah. Because I guess we say it that much. So for anybody that's not listening in the morning um, and that happens to be drinking, feel free to uh, drink every time we don't, say. Don't discriminate. If you're a day really? drinker, if you're a day oh, that's drinker, true. more that, power to you, that's sister. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean... I used that, to love day drinking. Day drink, yeah, but I mean, like, day drinking at... Well, it's already going to be 10. Wow, that took forever. Yeah, it did. <sighs> well, I've been here since 7.30. I almost shat myself <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So, yeah. That uh, I just wanted to kind of touch on. And before we get into other stuff, you know, I, I have a whole list of things here. And um, there's one thing I do want to... I, I wanted to uh, bring up real quick. Okay. So... Every time, every time, well, you know, it's crazy. There's a lot of things. You're right. I do have an entire list. So um, I was asked the other day, and just just to clarify, I guess, I was asked the other day, on our last episode of the one prior, we had said, we were talking about that one um, Stranger Thing toy of mine that went to over 10,000 views and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. So when we had mentioned, if one of us makes it, the other one makes it. Mm-hmm. I was asked what we were meant by that, like, or what we meant by that, and if we're we're being for real. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm, I got to speak for my best friend, but me, I'm being for real. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, let me put it to you this way: If I were to win the fucking lottery, and I know this is a shitty thing to say, mm-hmm. I asked this dude. I said, who do you think the first person is going to get a check? And they're like, don't say it. I was like, yeah, my best friend. Yeah. Before your parents, I said, absolutely. <laughs> I said, hands down, he's the first person I'm taking care of. And right. I said, and and that's and I said, keep in mind that's that's life money. Like, pay your bills, whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, that's that's not including investment money into our business. I said, he's a a videographer, a photographer. I'm gonna give invest money in that. Like, yeah, absolutely. Right. And they're like, over your parents. He said that like nine times. I said, yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean by. Where I go, he goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, zero effort. Right. You know what I mean? It's just it's just like, people don't really understand the, the dynamic mm-hmm. of our brotherhood. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we've been told, actually, you've been told many a times because you have social media. I don't. But someone has commented on, how the fuck are you guys still friends mm-hmm. after all this fucking time? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the the beauty I think of our relationships is we don't even try. We don't like. <laughs> we fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. But um. No. I mean. I don't know. But it's, it's like. Just... Ha, ha, to me, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Right. Like, if something happens to me, it's happening to you. Hands fucking down. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And then I had to go into the whole story of, above family, you've been there for me, more than anybody. Right. Even blood. Yeah. Right, and it's like, ride or die is not a a a bloodline. It has nothing to do with DNA. Like mm-hmm. he's he's my brother. Like mm-hmm. thick and thin, highs and lows, been there. I mean, we've been together for longer than most. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then I'm not even talking about just friendships. Um, I mean, even family. I think is more can be more distant sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't hear from family for, for a long period of time. But I think you and I have always, number one, I mean, we've, we've been very consistent where, you know, it's, I mean, everything I do, I have you in mind. I don't know. It's weird. I know. I I can't even, I can't even fathom not 
thinking that way. I know. Absolutely. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like, my wife gets mad. Not mad, but and you can ask her. She'll be on this show one day mm-hmm. along with Danny. I, I think it'd, it'd be cool to have them both in here to talk about their... Because my wife's music thing is fucking weird. Yeah. Very weird. But anyway, um, she'll mention moving out of town. And the first thing I say is, what about Paul? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not, yeah. Not like... I don't want to leave my dad. I don't want to leave my sister. The first thing I say is, well, what about Paul? Yeah. <laughs> you know which, I mean? which on that note, the last episode, my wife got a little uh, butthurt. Butthurt. About what? Um, or not, no, no, I don't know. No, no, I take that back. She didn't get butthurt. She usually does get butthurt, but not this time. That's so she, she made a, <laughs> she, she made a, um, a, like a remark like, see, Adrian agrees with me because, I have this thing, okay, where we spent a lot of time in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, we spent a lot of time in Phoenix. We spent, you know what I mean? We've we spent time away from El Paso enough yeah. to where I personally, maybe not today, not maybe not the same nowadays. I personally, I I love Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's. I remember when I first went there, I absolutely hated it, but after spending time there, I I love it. Yeah, the and, culture's uh, great. I'll give you that. It's like my kids, they get real excited about when we, when we go to, well, we've gone once, but, you know, it's like, oh, I want to go back to L.A., and they're like, why don't you get excited? I'm like, one, <laughs> spent half of my life there. I said, two, it's not that, it's the same, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got stores, you got a beach, you got people. Well, you know, it's but like, I love about it, though, is I love, I love a big chunk of the mentality. Yeah. Right? So um, people think that, you know, I want to go and live like the... Beverly Hills Housewives or something, which would be great too. <laughs> but no, to me, it's like the mentality. You're, you, there's there's a there's a a community out there, and when I say that's what I mean, there's a community out there of people that, for example, this recording studio, right? Yeah. So the mentality, and and I don't want to hurt feelings here, but like the mentality in L.A. is like, um, you know, when there's a cool place open, people go. People are willing to spend money on a producer, on a right. location, on a studio, on on an idea. Right. Moment. Like, yeah. hey, that's this is let's go here. That's happening. It's cool. Um El Paso, on the other hand, you get a lot of um well I have garage band mentality uh, um people. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a a studio to your yeah, disposal. But you see what I'm saying? Like here here's the difference, okay? You have people when I say people, let's 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 narrow it down to musicians. Mm-hmm. Musicians in Los Angeles, they understand that their music, their band, is a business, mm-hmm. and that there's they've got to do whatever it takes, and that even means you know paying money to go to a recording studio, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the most top notch studio, but they understand that that's part of the price and the game. Exactly. Here in El Paso, the mentality is more of a oh, there's a really cool studio up the street, but you know what? Rather than spend $300 a day, which is nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm going to get GarageBand on my computer and record myself yeah. and put it out. And it's just a mentality that, to me, really is one of the things that bugs me about El Paso. Yeah. And again, I'm not talking smack, but in a, in a way, I kind of am. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's why, like, some, you know, my experience, our experience, I think, when we've been in Los Angeles is sometimes, you know, we are around like-minded people. But right. I'm like, God, where are these people? 
where I live. So anyhow, that was in a very roundabout way saying how when I do mention Los Angeles and how much I love Los Angeles, my wife always is like, ugh, so, gives me the ugh. So I, I, I think I remember the conversation. Yeah. And my rolling of the eyes, my scoffing at the word words, LA, Los Angeles, it wasn't that the fact that you always bring it up. It's, right. it's the fact that you're, you're a cheating whore. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. So when you, when you talk about your most recent LA experience, it's, uh, you whore. I don't even know what you did out there. <laughs> it's out of your jealousy because I went with another man. Yeah. Yep. Sure fucking is. <laughs> but you're like me. You like LA. Oh, yeah. I love it there. I absolutely love it. And you're right. It's like, um, you know, El Paso had an amazing a fucking amazing mu- uh, music scene from mid-90s to about... I don't even know if it was amazing, Well, though. to us it was. Well, uh, can I finish? Okay. Can I finish? Okay. So from <laughs> mid-90s to about 2007, 8, right? We had a, we had a, a decent run of um, quality places to play, <clears throat> a number of bands to play with. Right. Um, more so late 90s, early 2000s. Bands were, were friends. We were united at the time, right? We played with everybody. It got a little gangy. We spoke, we spoke about yeah, this Yeah, I was going to say, were they? Yeah, well, it, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah. Later on, it started going in, in the opposite route. If you were a band that had more recognition than another, then they hated you, blah, blah. But what I'm trying to get at is we had more spots to play. We had, um, there was actual crowds, people willing to go to these, these shows. Now right. this fucking music scene is dead. And yeah. LA has always had a phenomenal yeah fucking scene i mean any night we played be it a tuesday wednesday from a saturday to to uh friday friday to a saturday there was always people in the in these fucking bars yeah always there was there's supporters and then and then the other thing that i always appreciated was again no matter where you were no matter what day it was every band that performed was amazing yeah like I, n- I don't think I ever saw a crappy band play in any L.A. bar. No. I mean, I'm sure I did, right? But what I'm saying is that even if they were crappy, they were still really good at what they did, right. uh, if that makes any sense. Whereas, and, and I don't want to like diss on anybody in El Paso, but I think it's because the, the difference between an El Paso band, for example, not all, of course, um, and an L.A. band is, is the seriousness of right. how they, they see their, what they're doing. Right. Um, you know, LA bands, they're usually out there. And if they already live there, they're, they're trying to make it in, in the industry and they give it a hundred percent. Right. Whereas and the El Paso mentality, a lot of times is like, eh, I'm just going to play music. And if it's good, I like it, whatever. And if somebody finds it great, I'm not like, I don't know. There's just not that ambition. I, I agree with you. And you and I sometimes, I don't want to say disagree, mm-hmm. but I do not, I'm not here to fuck around. I don't right. care how old I am. I don't, whatever. I'm not here to fuck around. If I'm going to put my all into something, now the record contract days are gone, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do something just to fucking do it. Right. Like in my mentality, when it comes to music, it's like, I know what we're capable of. I've said yes, or I've, I've put my, my heart and soul into this because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever we do. Right. So I don't want to fuck around. Yeah. But nowadays, people, all they do is fuck around. It's like, oh, start a band and right. maybe play a gig or two. I mean, let me give you a good example. And, and um, <clears throat> again, I'm not talking shit, but let me give a great example uh, so people kind of understand a little bit more of what I'm referring to. 
there was a certain band that I recorded and I took <laughs> under my wing. Um, um, I took them under my wing because they were amazing musicians, like just so fucking good. And, and, and everybody loved them. Took them under my wing, did an EP with them. I fully produced it. And I sent them out to LA afterwards. I even, I helped them. I got, uh, you know, our good buddy Alex helped them move out there. Um, I love you, boo. You know, I got people out in LA to contact them to, um, you know, the idea was, look, you're, I always think about the movie Big Fish. Oh, yeah. you're, you're, you're a big fish in a little pond here in El Paso. You need to go be a big fish in a big pond where you can perhaps thrive more because you're mm. that good. If they weren't good, I would have been like, all right, here's your recording. I'm out. I didn't even charge these guys. Yeah. Didn't even charge them. Why? Because I saw the bigger picture. Like, you know what? I do this now. It'll pay off for us later. You know what I mean? That's how much I believed in them. Yeah. And they didn't do a damn thing. Yeah. I was like, do you guys playing any shows? No, they started working like regular nine to five jobs and like, and I think that's, it goes to that, mentality that you were just talking about so it's like they probably jammed i know that their earlier youtube stuff was just them well they in their in their living room here's here's what i think happened though those songs i did for them saw streams in the millions and i think they saw it as like oh look we don't have to do anything because look our music is it's already it's taking up we can go tomorrow and play wherever and it's going to be no that's not the way it works streams and and actual like um getting into the industry itself yeah are two totally different things well we're in a different day and age right Right. we're in the digital age and a lot of people do rely solely on that just put it on a platform and see what happens yeah but but you gotta follow up oh no absolutely but I think with them in particular, I think it was never like a, hey, let's be famous. You yourself just happened to see the talent, brought it to their attention and said, let me do this. You guys did it. And they were like, mm. well, no, they very much were wanting to be famous. Really? Yeah. 100%. You can't even fucking tell. 100%. Then, then you're right. You can't tell. Yeah. No, they were like, they literally were like, we will do anything to make it. But when the opportunity came to do anything, they did nothing. That's because that shit's work. Yeah. You know and and that's and, and you know I I don't know I I, I don't know that, that to me it comes down to it's it was laziness, yeah. uh, you know laziness, um, just again that mentality of, um, well I'm gonna sit back and somebody will come by along the way and pick us up and yeah. I'm like dude I was your boat <laughs> like yeah, I was that somebody I was that somebody and you let it go to shit they ended up going to record with another producer did one song that. I thought came out like trash, but um, that's it. They, one of the dudes joined the military and uh, yeah. I mean, again, they're probably still writing on this whole, and, and that's a thing that's not taking anything away, especially the singer, like good dude. Um, just talent, such a good talent that just never did anything with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Not that the, that time's over or whatever, but I, I don't know. You got to want it or you don't, man. Yeah. So again, but that goes back to what I'm saying so about man. there's a lot of artists, not just them. There's a lot of artists that they they wonder why nothing came of whatever they're doing. And it's like, well, that's why. You've yeah. got to have that ambition. You've got to have that drive. You have to understand that your music, your band is a business. 
and you have to run it like a business and that means getting up every day and doing what you got to do you know um and if you don't do it then nothing's gonna happen yeah yeah so but going back to the el paso mentality which is basically what this conversation started on it's like um i think about it all the time we don't have great stuff because nobody wants to pay for it right Mm -hmm. it's that that mentality yeah it's like we don't have all these great restaurants and all this shit coming through because no one's going to want to pay $15 for a burger, even right. though it's fucking amazing, and I would. Yeah. So the rest of us that are down to pay for shit, it ruins it for everybody because it's just that mentality. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, um, I love I love El Paso. I love oh, yeah, the city. Me too. Cost of living. The, I mean, you name it. There's a lot of good things. But when it comes to this industry that we talk so much about, um, it's you, not difficult to get left behind if you get stuck in that El Paso musician mentality. But e- e- even your podcasting, again, let there be rock.com. Yeah, ep.com. ep.com. And nevermorerecords.com. And nevermorerecords.com. I wasn't done. Sorry. <laughs> I thought this was going to fly off the shelf. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I thought you'd be like, dude, sorry, I can't do our podcast for another three weeks because I'm booked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I have podcasts, but yeah, there's not a... I mean, this idea for this podcast room actually came from la la has these massive buildings where they're just studio after studio after with like 50 studios podcast studios in these massive buildings every single studio any hour of the day and it has full. somebody recording a podcast yeah, that just shows the demand yeah but and in el paso like... a lot of people don't even know what a podcast is it's so weird it is weird. like i have literally i've given tours i've had meetings with people and they don't under they don't even know what a podcast is they come in out of curiosity, but have no idea. And it's just, again, I'm just like, dude, it's, it's El Paso. Yeah, but you're not moving to L.A., so we can just end that conversation right <laughs> here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyways, again, that's not a diss. It's just, uh, I mean, people are going to be like, yeah, it was. Um, you know what? It's more of a, like, it's kind of like, like I go back to, like, fat shaming. Like, people get mad when, like, people fat shame when it's kind of like you're not talking shit like if i if i tell you adrian dude you're looking a little thick yeah it's not because i'm trying to be an asshole it's because i'm like i care about you <laughs> you know what i mean like real in the reins man. i care yeah. like hey there's some like dude I, I, I it's about your health it's not about how yeah. you look it's put the cereal down <laughs> exactly <laughs> You know, I want people to tell me when I'm looking fat because I might think I'm looking great. And the moment someone says you're looking fat, Paul, I'm like, fuck, I got to go exercise. I need to go on a diet or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I think just people take offense to everything nowadays and it's so stupid. They so do. anyways, if you're taking offense, oh, well. Yeah. Moving oh, on. Well. <laughs> <laughs> got so much shit on my list, man. I, I don't know. know if we, can t- we can touch all of it. There's one thing I do want to bring up for sure, for sure. Mm. That's going to make you, not make you mad. But. Well, before I'm, before you make me mad, can I just say one thing real quick? Yeah. I, I meant to bring this up on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Did you know, I know you, you're going back to several episodes, um, your dislike of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know. That changed my mind. Remember? Oh, you like them now? Well, I stomach them more. Okay. Yeah. There but you go. Prefer, but, I love Zeppelin one and two more than anything. Well, I wanted to bring up, did you see the video of Billy Corgan and Perry Farrell covering... No, I didn't. Uh, Led Zeppelin song. Really? Yeah. I got to check that in out. In Chicago just like a couple weeks ago. 
Lollapalooza? Or this yeah, was, I think really? it was Lollapalooza, yeah. Oh, wow. Now i got to check that out. I thought that was pretty cool. Fuck those guys. <laughs> so I'm big into documentaries. I've said this before. Music yeah. documentaries, I should say. Whether I know the band, like the band or not, mm -hmm. I'm still curious about the story. Mm -hmm. Well, this group in particular, I happen to love. Been listening to them since I was a kid. Um, it was an amazing documentary, but it really brought back something that I've known that I've loved, but like it just, I don't know. It brought back the feeling for me, <laughs> which you're going to hate. But so I was watching a documentary on Cypress Hill. Okay. On Showtime. Fucking amazing documentary. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking the storytelling, everything was just fucking perfect. And, and parts of the story were just like, wow, really? You know what I mean? But they got to a part where I think it was like 99 or 2000, they put out an album. That was a rap rock album. Oh, right. With uh, the guys from Rage, didn't they? Wasn't uh, it? I don't even remember. I know they teamed up with Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And they actually went on tour. I don't think it was on that album. Oh, though. okay. Remember that song, Rock Superstar? You want to be a rock superstar? No, not really. Rock? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, much to your dismay, it reinvigorated my love for fucking new metal. Like, like I sat there and I was like, fuck Paul, man. New metal is fucking amazing. And I went back, dude, and I listened to all the new metal greats, man. Like, for for me, it was a, the, the appeal for new metal for me is I've always been a hip-hop head since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I loved hip-hop before I loved rock. Mm -hmm. And the day the two worlds met, like, it was fucking phenomenal, right? Like, So... I know there's a a, a new a rap metal new rock new metal whatever sorry uh, I know rap is like a component to some new metal but mm -hmm. not all new metal has rap no not all of it no right you're right but so, I mean it's spawned from the rap rock thing right yeah you know like Chino rapped uh, Jonathan Davis in his own style. Oh God! Yeah. You know that I I I love the fact that I read an article where he says that the song he did with Fred Durst and Chino, he says he never did a song with Fred Durst and Chino, or or it maybe was, it was just, it was Fred, just Durst. Fred Durst. Okay, well he says that that was, and I could not agree more. He says not only was it the worst song that he ever did in his whole life, he says it's one of the worst songs in existence. Oh, yeah. it, it was, was uh, such a, all all about the family. Oh my. God, that was fucking cheese to the max. But see, it's funny that he says that because I've always taken that song as intentionally cheesy. Like, let's just diss each other but for at the three thing, and a half the, minutes. No, but at the at the time, that was like it was probably cool to them. But in a cheese, no. So that that was taken serious when that song was recorded. I think it wasn't taken serious, but I think like they thought what they were doing was good. Hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it was good in a in in a almost parody type of way, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah, but I mean, it's uh, I don't know. But speaking of Corn and and Fred Durst and stuff, have you watched the documentary? Um, there's another one on HBO which is just as good, but I feel like this one was a little bit better on uh, Woodstock. Oh, dude, the one on HBO was awesome. Yes, this I, I have yet to see this one. This one is actually goes a little bit more in depth. It's called Trainwreck, right? Yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. good. I got it saved. It's on my queue, but I just haven't had time to sit yeah. down and watch it. You have to watch it. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to. Yeah. yeah. I I guess I would say both of them were equally as good, um, but this one goes a little bit more in depth. 
um, more kind of behind the scenes. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to check that out. Um, what else? What do you, you, you got a list too. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, oh, Taco Bell just had a new release. <laughs> Taco Bell? Yeah. You got a notification it's on Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. A, a new uh, Mongo Freeze drink from Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, dude, I am the whitest Mexican you will ever <laughs> meet, right? Like the whitest. <laughs> yeah. I don't speak Spanish. I don't like anything spicy, but I will say that I'm Mexican enough to know that fucking Taco Bell is disgusting. And I want a real grandma's I, okay. taco. I agree. I don't want to say it's disgusting. I do agree. It's not Mexican. It's, it's not the furthest thing from Mexican, right? But I love Taco Bell because they have a lot of vegetarian options. Fine. Fine. <clears throat> I, get, I get the chalupa with, with potato instead of beef. Like, I um, think it's funny when you see commercials of people having taco night. And oh, there, yeah. There's these already pre-made shells. But that's also because of where we're from. We're from a border town well, where I, there's I, real I, Mexican I'm food. I'm just saying, though, pre-made shells, the old El Paso shells. Yeah. Ugh. Pre-shredded cheddar. Yeah. Taco mix. Do you know that real Mexican... Everybody listening, true Hispanics, true Mexicans do not use taco seasoning. That's not a thing in our meat. Right. It's a little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, and you, you brown your meat. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no fucking taco seasoning. It's disgusting. Your meat is brown. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Browner than you all think. My set is brown. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it tastes like armpit. Y'all need to stop that and try a real taco. Just saying. Yeah. Um, I think um, the best food is here. But also, we found some, and, and again, going back to LA. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, in Echo Park. Dude, that one little old lady. She was in at the corner of that building. She had this little, this little, um, little restaurant, I guess if you want. Yeah. Well, she sold out of the side of a building. It was just her. Yeah. Dude, the best fucking carne asada burritos I have ever had in my life. Right. And we ate them like two or three times a day for like That's three days. That's when we were recording. Where, what was that studio called? I remember I thought I was going to get killed when I walked to the gas, to the little station, the little corner store. Yeah. There's a bunch of cholos there. Yeah. But that was like a really cool studio. We recorded drums there. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was called. I don't though. remember either. But I think about those burritos every fucking day. Yeah, yeah those were great. Oh my god, that that beautiful little old lady, like a grandma. She had that grandma Mexican grandma smock on. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, yeah. Because remember, we specifically. I remember the reason we. I remember that so well is we were there for a while and we were like, dude, I'm so sick of like I, we need real Mexican food, like something that's going to remind us of home. Yeah. So we specifically said, let's go find. The most, the dirtiest, ugliest, yeah, looking place that we can find because we know they're gonna have the best food, low and that's and that's what we did. Old. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah, I hope that little old lady's still alive and thriving. <laughs> um, what I really, actually, actually, I'm really excited to get into if you're ready yet. I don't I'm know, ready. and to get into our challenge results. I'm ready because I'm sweating right now. Are you really? We could put the AC. AC no, on. I'm not sweating for that reason, dude. Oh, oh, <laughs> you got the shats coming, dude. Do not have. Four bowls of cereal. So I you go to really, bed. really, you don't understand how excited I've been to get into really our last challenge. Okay, let's do it. Who do you want? Do you want me to go first? Because you always go first. Well, actually, the last two times you've gone first, so I would like that. Right. Yeah. You want me to go first? Yeah, again? yeah. All right. I don't want to ruin that there. Okay, so my 
the band I was assigned was Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. right? And I told you on our last one, I'm not a Sabbath fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not an Aussie fan in the word itself fan, but I like, you know, the songs that I've heard. I've nothing against them. But, you know, I've always told you, or I told you, I know more about Ozzy than you think. Right. And the reason of that is because of the Osbournes. Oh. The show. I was a good show. I was addicted to that fucking yeah. show, man. That I was loved great. that show. And again, back to my whole love for documentaries, VH1 used to have a thing called Behind the Music, mm-hmm. and they did one on Sabbath, and they did one on Ozzy, I think. Uh-huh. Or was it just Ozzy? Don't remember, but I loved it. Great fucking story. That dude's got an amazing, amazing story. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so okay, so um, you know, of, of course, I know more Sabbath songs than I than I knew Beatles songs or Zeppelin songs, right? right? But um, surprisingly, it was only um, like their later stuff. Okay, because mm-hmm. I I had called you the other day and I said I'm only going up to. The Aussie stuff. Right. I didn't want to do the Ronnie James Dio stuff. Right, right. Of course. You know, and I agree. Yeah. So I just did all the, um, anything Aussie was on. Mm-hmm. So the first album, self-titled, Black Sabbath. The song, Black Sabbath, and I wrote, and I quote, where do I begin? Three notes, yet so fucking powerful. Oh, wow. Yeah. So fucking powerful. And it was literally... You know, that's brr, my favorite brr, Black Sabbath brr, song. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dude. The ending was fucking ridiculous. And I, I wrote here, I related to goth, oh, goth Bauhaus-esque with a skosh of Manson. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love uh, the, the dredgery of it. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, and I wrote here again, very reminiscent of what doom metal is today. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I like that comparison. I yeah. fucking love that song. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And then um, there's a song called The Wizard. Mm-hmm. The, har- fuck, the harmonica. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I put it again, Need I Say More? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Right. Unexpected. They started doing shit that, like, wanting to be different back in those days via, or a la Led Zeppelin, you know, shit like that. You can see. But these dudes were like, I, for me, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's like, dude, it has to sound evil. And right. It has to sound dark. And we have to, like, just really fucking tone it down. Right. And that's what they fucking did. Right. That harmonica part was fucking phenomenal, man. Um, they, they did have a bit of a, a Zeppelin undertone on that song. But again, to be expected from that, that time period. Um, moving on to the bass playing. I've always known who Geezer Butler was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard of him, knew of him. Um, but I never knew him like I do now. Amazing, amazing fucking bass player. Right. He's got a... a you can tell his style, especially for back then, had a lot of jazz and R&B influences. And, right. You know, he's doing shit that, it's kind of like what I love to do. We're in very heavy bands, but I always play to my style, right? Right. So it's kind of like, that's what he did. Yeah, it's it was meant to be dark and, and whatnot, but his parts were like happy R&B style, but it fit like all the dark stuff Tony Iommi was doing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. There's another song on that album called Wicked World. Love the fucking bridge. Um, and Geezer Butler and Tony Iommi sounded just amazing together on that fucking bridge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part was just fucking blew me, blew me away. Right. Um, <clears throat> that album, for sure, those three songs, definitely 
are going on my or I think they've already gone on my list. Like I do I crave those songs now. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So uh I didn't write notes for all the albums. I'm just highlighting everything. So the next album was Paranoid. Um that song Pla- uh Planet Caravan. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. You know Pantera covered that song. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Now, the one thing that really got me and I don't mean to strike a chord here, but the bongos mm. instantly made me miss your dad. <laughs> instantly yeah. yeah like it was like as soon as i heard it that's the first thing I, I i pictured yeah i remember the first time going way back in story off tangent we were at the beachcomber house and your dad was sitting on the fireplace and he had these two little bongos <laughs> and he was just wailing away on them yeah but the way he would get his hands like he, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, exactly he'd move his hands like he was dancing uh dude instantly yeah instantly fucking missed your dad um you know me in the quiet cool Vocal style, mm-hmm. Ozzy's quiet, cool, and I quote you, chills, bro. <laughs> I loved it. The bass was great. Um, I owe me soloing with the bongos was very Santana mm-hmm. when that, that uh, right, yeah. the solo kicked in. Uh, and this song in particular gave me a huge Mars Volta vibe, mm. big time. Yeah, I can see that. Um, there was a song, another song called Hand of Doom. The beginning drum beats are what hip-hop samples fucking dream of. Mm, I never thought of that, yeah. Big time. Right. First thing I heard was, why hasn't it, maybe they have, but why have uh, a, a great hip-hop producer sampled that fucking beat yet? Yeah. Because it's ridiculous. And as everybody knows, that's what hip-hop is built off of. Drum breaks. Yeah. Plain and simple. My uncle did a great job on that. <clears throat> Your Oh, uh, his last name's Ward, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jack the Stripper, beginning delay part was fucking awesome. An amazing baseline. Isn't that a funny title? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and the the groove was a uh, the that song had a very um groovy feel to it. Like mm. it was very groove oriented. Um, yeah, those are all the notes I have, man. I listened to everything up until that uh up until Dio. Yeah. You can tell it got progressively more uppity mm-hmm. a little bit yeah, towards the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it sounded more like Ozzy Osbourne stuff with Randy Rhodes towards the end. Right. right? Like it started, right, getting, right. Yeah, into it started like getting into that, that, yeah, that transition. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, man, I'm a fucking fan. Again, I've, I've never disliked Black Sabbath or Ozzy, um, but this just really brought it home to me on... on why you guys really like them a whole lot wow, and why cool. they're influential. Like I said, I I hear a lot of the stuff that I love mm-hmm. in them. I was not expecting that at all. Right. I, I thought you were going to say like, oh, there's a couple songs I liked or yeah, I know this song, but, oh. but no, wow, you really liked it. I was working out to it most of the time because yeah. that's when I do all my thinking and, and my listening and dude, it would hype me the fuck up yeah. big time. Yeah. You know, there's nothing... Um, Nothing spectacular about it, mm-hmm. right? Like, especially the first album. But for me, loving that real dark metal, right? You know, I love simple, right. simple things. Yeah, of and course. And it was just fucking crazy, man. My two favorite songs ever from Black Sabbath are is Black Sabbath mm-hmm. and uh, War Pigs. Did I get to that one? You had to. I think it's I did. Such yeah. a good song. Yeah. Wow, that's uh pretty uh pretty good. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Are you gonna? You think you're gonna continue listening? Down oh, the road? absolutely. Yeah. Especially that uh, the first album. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Especially. It's like I said, it's it's got so much of a... 
thing. <clears throat> so horny. <laughs> it's got so many of the things that I love. Like I said, it's very, I love the Bauhaus, mm -hmm. one of my favorite bands. Right. It's got a pinch of that in it. Manson, early Manson, first three, two, three albums. Right. Loved it. You know what I mean? That's so, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's good. Sorry, I had to stretch. Oh, man. Um, all right. Moving on? Yeah, moving on. So you uh, uh, challenged me to listen to DJ Shadow. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, something really interesting came out of this challenge for me. Really? Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of go through the process and before I get into that. Um, real quick, can you in like less than a minute explain to people what DJing is? And the reason why I ask this is because when you're listening to DJ Shadow, mm -hmm. okay, you're... you're when you think of a DJ, people have this image of a dude with two turntables just kind of standing there doing stuff. And, yeah. and although it's, I know when DJs first started coming out, people were like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. And then now you have artists like Odessa, for example, mm -hmm. that are kind of have that same feeling of a DJ, but they're sitting up there with like electronic pads and, and mm -hmm. stuff and even probably turntables and just kind of doing stuff. But so to get people to, to, wrap their heads around DJing. What what does that mean? Like, what is that process? So back in the day, <clears throat> not even like, I'm not going to go back to like Cool Herc days, right? I'm talking just like, let's let's say this era, DJ Shadow, DJ Qbert, all those amazing DJs. I mean, back in the day, it was literally two making two records, mm -hmm. sound is one, mm -hmm. right? And then you have the scratching also, right? So you were, it was literally two turntables and a mixer. You combining two different songs. So you're taking like like you said the Black Sabbath that drum beat. Uh -huh. You could take that drum beat, you can put it on a loop on one, mm -hmm. and then you can play use have that record going on a loop. Well, not even looping. Well, see now you're gonna make me go way down into the history. <laughs> I'm just curious because I, I I wanted to know for myself so, because I was trying to wrap my head around how this guy is able to make music. As a DJ. Okay, so he started off as a DJ. Two turntables and a mixer, right? I right? figured that. Typical he, DJ fashion. I could tell. But I guess DJ Shadow is just, that name stuck, right? He, uh -huh. He's It's more of a producer. So you now, um, technology advancing, you have those MPCs, right? Or, or what are they called? Yeah, MPCs, mm -hmm. right? I think so, yeah. The Akais and all mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. So you now take the sample that you love from a vinyl, you record it, you sample it into that M, uh, MPC. The pads, yeah. Yeah, and then he breaks it down. So here, this pads, your drums, this, I mean, your kick, yeah, yeah. your hat, whatever, right? So at that point, he's sampling <clears throat> drum beats off of vinyls like DJs do, mm -hmm. but then he's writing his own parts. He's making his own beats. He's turning that, that, that kick drum into something else. Okay. So he's more of a producer now, right? Typical DJ fashion, using other vinyls or other people's breaks and whatnot, into his music composing it to his own way okay. but even on those pads you can take a bass line mm -hmm. break it down and right each pad is a bass note yeah right right right. so of course so. he still samples people's vocals you know what i mean mm -hmm. he's got live uh mcs on there rapping on it okay but and um that really resonates with me because i love doing that right. i do that myself right yeah um so yeah so you take you have like uh these pads they're these little they're buttons essentially in like a grid and you can make each button a certain note, mm -hmm. and you can play. You can actually write bass lines and or piano or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think that's a good explanation, <clears throat> and and just being able to try to wrap head around like okay, but just just real quick, because again, you can't get me started on this, and then make <laughs> me stop. The way it originally started back in the day, 
people would have these block parties. Mm -hmm. And a person with a turntable would just sit outside, play these records on their system, and people would dance. Mm -hmm. I think it was Cool Herc who started finding that a particular part of a song, which is called the breakbeat, the... Yeah. That was only six, seven seconds long. Right. He found that people really gravitated to that part. And he was like, okay, how the fuck do I do this? So what he started doing, because before it would transition. You go one record here, the song is over, I'm going to transition to this song to okay. keep, the, keep the party going. Right, right. right. Uh -huh. So that's what they call mixing. I'm going to mix these two songs to blend in effortlessly so I can just roop, so there's no space in between. Right, like a radio station. Yeah, so he started saying how the fuck do I make that breakbeat longer? Because that's what people love. So he got two of the same records, queued up that breakbeat, and while that breakbeat is playing, he's cueing it on the right side. So as soon as that breakbeat's going to finish, boom, he switches over, and it's continuing on this side. Oh. So on the same, on the, he's doing the same thing back and forth, back and forth, to make that seven seconds right. into five to ten minutes. Just oh, over wow. and over, over and over and over and over. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Now, well, scratching... Real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's I forgot I forgot the DJ's name. So the story goes, he was mixing on his turntable. His mom walks in and says, you need to turn the fuck down. But when his mom was talking to him, he just stopped his record because he had it at a part that he wanted to play with. Mm -hmm. He's talking to his mom, and as he's talking to his mom, he's holding the, the vinyl in that spot. Uh -huh. But it's he's rocking it back and forth with his hand. And, it's going and he hears the, yeah. and he's like, wow, that's fucking weird. Uh -huh. So then he just started going, and that's how scratching was born. Interesting. Yeah. Crazy, right? This is good information. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dude, I am a fucking deep well of useless knowledge, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start with um, introducing. I think I did it right. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Hmm? I'm just going to kind of, again, read a little bit of what I wrote and kind of just tell you how I feel. Absolutely everything I'm hearing, drum beats, everything is just on point. Like, everything sounded so purposeful. Everything was just, I just loved it. I loved all of it. Um, one of my thoughts was that it was, this is lo-fi before lo-fi. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Lo-fi is a thing, you know, everybody listens to lo-fi, but like he was doing it eons ago. Um, <laughs> I said, when I hear a bass line, all I think is, sounds like something Adrian would write. <laughs> See, and when I, when I tell people I am not a rock bass player, yeah. that's what I mean. I don't, my, my style and my, um, my influence mm -hmm. really comes from like hip hop yeah. style and R&B style of bass playing. I just happen to, Mel mesh it into rock music. Yeah, I was listening to it and I was like, now I know where Adrian yeah. gets. Like, it, it was like listening, like, it was something that you would have written. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, more than any other artist I've ever heard. Yeah. So that's why I was curious to where those bass lines came from. Like, so if he's writing them himself <clears throat> or. Yeah, not physically on a bass, I don't think. Yeah. But it's on, on the uh, Akai or the MPC, whatever it's called. Right. Um, I think sometimes they are sampled, a full sampled bass line. You know what I mean? Right. You know, to be honest with you, I've tried up and down. YouTube is a world of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to find... There's a lot of breakdown videos on YouTube. Like, this is how so-and-so writes like this, or sound like this person, or this is... 
I can't find shit on how DJ Shadow does what he does. Right. It's crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. That is weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, going on to the next one, I, I can say just right out the gate, I loved that first album. Mm-hmm. It was... I mean, there was nothing bad to say about it. Um, it made me understand you <laughs> a little bit better. Um, the from the drum beats to the bass, which is obviously the biggest part, like it's just just mind boggling. Dude, what, going back to that or, or touching on that, don't you just love how he uses these big fucking drums? Boom, boom, god, boom, boom. God. Yeah, and it sounds fucking grand, and it sounds like it's in this huge hall. Mm-hmm. And then he has these just pretty parts layered over it. Yeah, it's right? amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the next album, Preemptive Strike, I, I mentioned, uh, um, I try not to do too many notes this time, even though I do yeah. still kind of, um, drumming just makes me think of one of my favorite drummers of all time. And it made me realize like, holy shit, this is probably like where he's influenced. I need to look into it more, but, Pepe uh, Clark. <laughs> no, uh, Darren King from Mute Math. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's like, yeah, you're, now that you mentioned it. Yeah. DK, the drummer, that dude is just, <sighs> I, I don't know any drummers like him. I know there's good drummers, Eric and Prada. There's good drummers, but none like yeah, that guy. I agree with you. What struck what struck me, the comparison that I got, because when I first started listening to DJ Shadow, I was an Incubus fan first, mm-hmm. right? So I owe DJ Shadow to well, somebody that I hold near and dear in my heart. haven't spoken to him in ages, but whatever. That's That's another time, another place. But uh, he and I were in a band together. My friend Scott Hall from mm-hmm. Super Soul. Uh, one of the most beautiful souls you will ever meet. He's an amazing person. Anyway, I love you, Scotty, if you're listening. Probably not. <laughs> he introduced me to DJ Shadow. Mm-hmm. And I felt head over heels. But listening to more Shadow, I started picking up on Jose Pasillas, Padilla, whatever his name is. Jose, the drummer of Incubus. I'm oh, like, okay. oh, wait a minute. That sounds just like DJ Shadow shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I just, again, if you don't know who Darren King is, look him up on YouTube or not on YouTube, uh, not Instagram. I follow him on Instagram. Like, phew, nobody plays drums like that. Nobody plays I drums know. like that. Scott Hale, not Hall. I said Hall. I <laughs> um, so. Going on again, I kind of, uh, I went to the next one, The Private Press. I put that one was actually my favorite so far. Right. Um, and I love the incorporation of guitars and voice yeah. on that one. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, dude. Um, at this point, I kind of lost track of albums. Um, I said I love all the guests. And although I love hip hop, the hip hop artists, I felt that it detracted from the music for me. My, like, I didn't want to hear I agree with you. Later on, he started bringing on, I think it was like on, I think The Outsider had more guests than I can remember in any other album prior. Yeah, I, and I, I just, I, I really was in love with the instrumental and every once in a while, like a sample voice. But then when these hip hop artists started coming in, even though they were good, yeah, I was like, no, I don't want to hear you. I think what had happened and... I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to piece together the time period. So... I agree with you, right? He he's very he's very hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Hip hop influence. So there were times where I'm like, man, it would sound great if he had a rapper here, what have you. So turns out he was in this rap group called Quantum. He started a rap group called Quantum. I don't remember all the guys, but one of the main lyricists was this Asian rapper named Lyrics Born. Mm-hmm. That album was fucking ridiculous. I listened to it for months on end. 
and it was like, oh, this is what DJ Shadow sounds like with rappers, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I loved it. I got my fill, right? Like, yeah, the, the the curiosity had been fed, right? But then it started happening more and more oh, on just okay. his albums. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. Quantum, that's a one. That's a hard album to find. I own it. Thank you. Two, fucking ridiculous, dude. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, they were all quality. Yeah artists but it was just like no man like i want to hear what i've been hearing why i don't want to hear voice right now the song he did with um lp and killer mike who are known as run the jewels Mm -hmm. that's oh yeah fucking stupid song man stupid good for those of you who don't so i don't remember why i put this but i put the give me back the night track was interesting yeah i don't know I, i specifically put that um, okay, so this is where it gets really, really interesting. Okay, so I, I'm gonna write as I was writing my notes. I put the song you made it. What the fuck? And I put beautiful. And yeah. I put I thought Spotify had switched to another artist, but this is where it gets really fucking interesting. And I don't know if you know this or not. I need you to hold off. Okay. <laughs> it was very unexpected. I was blown away. And so the voice really gave me this like wait a minute i know this fucking voice i was like i know this voice and is this voice who i think it is so real quick without answering the question no i want you to answer do you know who the voice is i'm gonna be upset if you do i don't remember to be honest okay good wait i think i do no i don't think you do all right so there's this band that we, I don't really talk about it anymore because they gave it up back in 2013. In 2013, they released one of the best albums I have ever heard in my fucking life. Like this is, th- these guys, if they, these guys were around today, they would be like my top three probably. Yeah. Um, what really resonated with, to me with this band is that, um, during a, a really, uh, I, I guess you can say a rock bottom time in my life, yes. they were all I was listening to. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so, anyways, it turns out the guy that sang on that song, it is him. It's the fucking singer of the band that I'm talking about. I Do see, you know who it is? I see Garas, is it? No, man. Oh, no, I don't know. And he has his own solo project, but it's not that great. But Dude, like, you don't understand how excited I got. My, I mean, like, just hearing his voice. His his voice is one of the greatest voices, at least when he I was just, in this band. I remember, I remember 2013. I remember the rock bottom, and I, but I don't remember what band you were listening to at the time. Fucking Stateless, man. Oh, no. Sh- I forgot about that band. Blood, yeah. Blood something. Right? Yes. Son of a bitch, I forgot about that. So them. that guy comes out on two songs on that album. You actually, you're the reason I bought that album. I'm looking at, I forgot about that. He comes out, and I knew right away, I was like, that voice, there's something about that. Like, uh, that sounds familiar. And I was like, no, no, I can't be him. Bloodstream. Yes. So I went and I looked up, and yeah, dude, sure enough, sure as shit. It's the singer of Stateless. And then I went even further. Dude, you know that Stateless actually says DJ Shadow is like their number one main influence? I had no idea. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, 
I forgot about that band. God, I'm so glad you brought them back up. That band, that last album that they did, one of the greatest albums in I've ever heard in my life. Um, if, if I don't know. And anyway, so if you go back and you listen to Stateless, now I can see the massive influence that DJ Shadow I, has on them. I, dude, I don't even remember. I remember the song Bloodstream. Just that's like a very like yeah yeah and I remember the name of the but I can't for the life of me I can't remember what they sound like I I'm I'm back at listening to them all over again just because it's been a while yeah pisses me off that they're broken up um but dude, dude they, I that sucks when real quick off topic but on topic yeah do you remember that band Inner Party System yeah <sighs> an amazing fucking electronic rock band yeah. And they're one album and one fucking EP, and they're done. Yeah. Sucks. It really sucks, man. Anyway, go on. So what really bothers me, though, is like his voice is undeniable. One of the best voices ever. But dude, he went on to do his own solo thing. His name is Chris James, by the way. I'm Chris James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every time I hear I say Chris James, what? I think of Rick James. What the five fingers say to the face. <laughs> so anyways, I went on to listen to it, man, and it almost sounds like Okay, because Stateless is very moody, yeah. very electronic. Um, Stateless is like a a dark version of Mute Math. Okay. And so this guy went on to do like, it, it just sounds like everything you hear on the radio, man. Like the acoustic, upbeat, uppity yeah. songs. And, and it sucks because his voice is so undeniable. But he just went this mainstream route and it just... Ugh. It really bums me out, dude, because he it. is such, I mean, has to be top five vo just, favorite vocalist of all time. It's those things. It's it's a singer thing, man. You're in a fucking great band. <clears throat> you fucking leave <clears throat> to do your own shit, and it turns out to be some mediocre shit, and then you realize, fuck. That part of what made you who you are is your band. The magic of the five. That's very true. Anywho, um, moving on. It happens so often, you know what I mean? Or even, not even necessarily with singers. There's guitar players that go on to yeah, try. Yeah. And it's just never, you, you lose the essence of what you had as a band. Yeah. And I, I don't know. But anyways, okay, going on. Um, I really, really, and I didn't write this down. This is just going off of my memory. The last album blew me away because I could tell that that's when he really got more into less sampling and more songwriting. Right. Okay, I can tell. Right. Um, and it just became... It was weird because I was listening to it on my phone and I was like, eh, this is cool, whatever. But then I put it on the studio speakers and I started hearing all those like bass tones and like the dark like undertones, I guess you can say. And I was just like, oh my God. So the other day... I was taking a really long shat. Mm -hmm. As you do. And I, as I'm fixing to, I tell you <laughs> what. And I was fucking around with one of our songs from Tragic Lightning. Mm -hmm. And I remixed it. Oh, right, right. You didn't hear. How, it was just the quality. I couldn't. But I'm saying, like, even with just the quality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. DJ Shadow's my boy, dude. It's because you know me. And, I'm a and, production guy. I can read. I, was, I just, I, I didn't sit there and mix and master it. I fucking, I said, <laughs> well, I think this sounds pretty good. I'm going to send it to my guys right now. <laughs> it reminded me of like uh, back in the day when we would call each other on the phone and like we would leave a message holding the phone to our speaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, 
check out this song or whatever. Well, no, I, I, I heard it the other day in the car after you, you commented on, on low quality. Yeah. yeah, it's not the best, but in my, my car, right? Because I, I have my, what do you call it? My tones set a certain way mm-hmm. and it sounded fine. It's like when you hear the bass and what the bass and the dr- the kick drums are doing. Yeah. Then you'll understand yeah. that. I just need to hear it better. That's DJ it. Shadow's the love of my life. So if I had to say one bad thing, and I know this is going to counter what we just talked about, and um, I guess the one bad thing is I I don't like the scratching, the DJ scratching. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it gets to me, it gets to be like, okay, like, here and there it's cool but after a while the like it's just kind of like i don't know it just but i becomes yeah, redundant i adore it dude let me tell you above fucking playing gu- guitar above playing bass above learning how to be a drummer above learning how to even fucking sing learning how to scratch is the one one of the fucking hardest things i scratch my nuts ever. all the time and well, it's because, not that difficult because they're so low you don't gotta you don't gotta <laughs> dig they're just right there <laughs> No, but in all honesty, dude, that is a, the most beautiful art form fucking ever. So if I put my balls on a record and I started moving it back and forth, it would give a new meaning to ball scratching. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> That's something we're going to try. I'm gonna... You take one and I'll take the other and we're going to ball scratch we're gonna... <laughs> together. I'm going to bring my setup. I have I dabbled in DJing, right? Like, yeah. I have a full set, you know, two turntables, mixer, stuff like that. And um, I got the mixing part down, right? Being able to mix two songs effortlessly or what have you. Um, but the scratching, dude, fuck, man. I couldn't. Like, really? I gave up. Really? Yeah. Wow. I want to get back into it because I still have them there. And my wife's like, sell them or do something with them. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know? mm-hmm. But um, you know me, I'm a hoarder. I can't like let go of shit. Mm-hmm. So to justify keeping them, I said, well, yeah, I got I to gotta get back on that scratching thing. I have to. It's fucking hard, dude. Wow. It's hard. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, at the end of it all, dude, I absolutely loved DJ Shadow. Good. Uh, I mean. So now you see, what, the reason I gave it to you is I wanted you to see why he means so much to me. Oh, yeah. You know but, I mean? but more importantly, though. And this is something that I always wa- was hoping that you would get from some of the artists that I've introduced or, uh, you know, into these challenges for you is I also realize how widespread his influence really was oh, or yeah. is, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Like when I thought about, again, Mute Math, Stateless, two of my favorite bands in the whole fucking world. Yeah. You know, you mentioning Incubus, um, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the hip hop that you listen to, um, there's a lot, I mean... It goes on and on. I'm sure if, if, if I looked into it, it would be uh, an enormous impact on music in general that oh, yeah. this one person has made. Hands down. You listen to... My second favorite DJ is DJ Crush. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an Asian DJ. Um, I was introduced to him through one of my, my second favorite female artists of all time is an artist named Estero. She did an album called Breath From Another. Um, again... Thank you, Scotty. He introduced me to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, Scotty's introduced me to a lot of shit. Anyway, so he was the producer slash DJ on that album. So I got heavily into him through mm-hmm. Astero. And I also love DJ Qbert. I love RJD too. Like there's all these music, these I keep we keep saying DJ because that's what they do, but mm-hmm. they're music producers. And 
literally they all try but always fail to duplicate what Shadow does. Right. Hands down. What do you think about DJ Poly D? <sighs> Only because of you, I I love the guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um yeah. So DJ <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here listing these amazing DJs and you fucking throw that guy at me. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, uh, that was a great. It was a good challenge. That's like talking about POS, MF Doom, Con, and you being like, "So what's up with MC Hammer?" (laughs) Hey man, MC Hammer. He 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 was great. (laughs) Um. So yeah. Final conclusion: Will you listen to him again? Oh, a hundred percent. I I see. I don't even know how I said that. A hundred. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I see you driving to ACL, and throwing that on. Oh, of course. Right. Dude, like, I, I'm actually excited to go and li- now that I went through the whole thing, I'm excited to go back again. Right. It was it was great, man. Yeah, it was just so good. Preemptive Strike is my all time favorite Shadow album. So, uh, on that note, what's our next challenge? Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, you cutie. So, I want to stick with the actually private press is fucking up there for me too mm. oh yeah that was favorite favorite yeah oh i also like the live albums too right. i don't like listening to live shit dude but i like the way he literally takes people on an experience do you want to see him in his a element, journey in his real element mm-hmm. next time you're shedding btw while we're on that topic i i got the privilege the other day to hear you Use your bidet. And I was <laughs> fucking shocked. I said, damn, that motherfucker squirts that hard. I thought you were I thought you were washing your hands. Some shit. And no, I was like, did man. you just use your bidet? And you started laughing. You're like, yep. I said, damn, dude, that's a fucking stream in the ass. That'll scare me. Oh, um, you really want to see him in like his raw element form. There's a performance that he has on YouTube called DJ Shadow or The Boiler Room DJ Shadow. And it's this like this small underground fucking club that um they set djs up in the middle of the of, of the fucking place mm-hmm. and just crowds are surrounding them and they just fucking do their thing wow i almost cried when i saw that That's it's cool. just him two turntables a mixer and i think uh like an npc or something i don't remember but yeah that it, sounds cool it's crazy i'm interested yeah and there's another amazing documentary called scratch mm-hmm. that came out in the early 2000s it features him uh Q-Bert, um, a bunch of fucking great DJs, but he touches on his story. Like they actually interview him. Oh wow! Because he's kind of like an elusive figure. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know if you. I don't tried. know. I need, I need to go deeper into. If you try YouTubing him, like there's ass. not. There's not. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. There's there's not a lot of like interviews and shit that I've found. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those, I guess, private shy dudes. I don't know. Mm. But um. Yeah. On the in the documentary Scratch, he actually talks about his stories where he gets his vinyls from all sorts of cool shit wow yeah so okay i had two of them okay lined up for you Mm -hmm. all depending on how your 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 challenge went with dj shadow i think we need to let each other know a little bit about why we're challenging yeah okay well that that's why i told you because i you know i i need to figure out am i being tortured am i no no no. this one's not going to be tortured because you're going to go oh my god but i already know who she is you know some of who she is, okay? <laughs> All right. So in the same vein of this challenge or this past challenge, I want you to know why or really feel and understand why, one, she's my number one female artist of all time. Two, why their bass player is... Sade. Yeah, Sade. 
top to bottom. You know, she write one of my favorite songs ever from her is that um Ah shit, it's in my head, but I don't know what she says. I suck at lyrics. Something um get me down on my knees. Oh, um by your side. Yeah, there you down go. Down on your knees. Yeah, that's a good song. Fuck, that was a later song. Amazing. Yeah, I can't, that album came out in 2000, 2001. Yeah, I just like the getting down on your knees part. Yeah, I fucking know <laughs> you do, buddy. <laughs> Even though I got a shot, you're going you're gonna to get on your knees right now. <laughs> a good old-fashioned blumpkin. Okay, so Sade. Does yeah. she have a lot of stuff? I'm assuming she does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what sucks, man, is that prior to going solo, she was, she was in this small-time group called Pride mm-hmm. before she went to Sade. I can't find that fucking album anywhere. Really? Anywhere, dude. <laughs> Drink, Justin. I just said, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. All right. I'll do Sade. I always want to say Sade. Yeah. Sade. Sade. I'll do some Sade. Helen Sade Adieu. How did you get Sade from Sade? At least Sadie. Just how they pronounce it. What do you want me to do? Uh, okay. Oh man. Okay, this artist is an artist that when I first heard them, I was like, fuck no. Oh shit. Okay. I didn't understand it. I my little brother, Jason. Fuck Jason. He I think it was him that told me, like, dude, like, do you understand the story behind this person? And he kind of told me a little bit about it, or maybe it was Daniela. I don't know. No, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Fuck Jason. Anything he's got to offer, I don't want it. (laughs) One of them told me this backstory, and that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Okay, Um, wait, don't tell me the backstory. Just give me the artist. No, I'm not going to. I'm just just saying. I like to do my homework. That's what kind of piqued my interest to listen a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everything this artist has done is great. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff that this artist has done that sucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Bad, but it's. I am now a fan. I am now. I I have bought into, um, not only this person as an artist, but do you know factually? I do not like this artist, or I don't know much of them, because I don't want you to be like. I don't know. I don't know somebody that I'm like, dude. I just listened to. Well, that's what I'm kind of afraid of at this point. (laughs) Okay. But I'm gonna. I'm throwing it at you anyways. Okay. I listen to this artist now. They just came out with a new album. I've listened to all of their stuff going forward. The last three albums, I think, I don't know how many they have. Maybe they only have three, but the last three albums are amazing. Uh, given here and there, um, I, I, I gained a new appreciation for this person even more recently. And I'll explain that in a little bit after I say who it is. Um, I, I'm going to challenge you to listen to Post Malone. Oh, Posty. Okay. Okay. Have you done that before? I, I've heard enough of mm-hmm. Post Malone, um, but I have not dug like deep. gone through. Right? Yeah, yeah. My 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 friend at work, Ricardo. He's a Ricardo. I don't, I don't know if he's fucking with me, but he he says nobody else better be fucking with you, Regen. Oh oh really? <laughs> it's not it's not okay for me. You <laughs> fucking whore. She ain't got him, man. He uh, I know he likes him, but he I I think he loves him. But mm-hmm. I, again, anyway, yeah. Well. Post um, Malone. I got you. What got me also recently just as, as part of this challenge, I want you to not only watch 
I mean, listen to it, but I want you to watch. He did a YouTube live thing during the pandemic mm -hmm. where they played nothing. Him and Travis Barker, they did oh, yeah. nothing but uh, Nirvana songs. Yeah, I saw that. You saw it? Yeah. See, that right there gave me an even more newfound respect. Well, here's the thing about Post Malone. I don't know if you know this, but in his earlier, er, the earlier part of his career, I, I guess he's one of those new trap rappers, mm -hmm. right? But he sings at the same time. Mm -hmm. I, I know he's got a great voice. Um, fun fact about him is he's a rocker. Yeah, that's what I'm heart. talking about. That, that's the part just, of the story that got me. Yeah, he's, one of his friends had some beat. They were hanging around, and they're, he, he was fucking around on it, basically, and Post Malone was born. So, yeah. like, I think he's a Pantera fan. Yeah, um, he's like a true metal fan. Yeah, so true metal fan gone accidentally trap rapper. What I love about him, too, is, like, just, like, as a person, from what I've seen and what I've read, he mm -hmm. just seems like a genuinely, like, just down-to-earth dude. He's I got, like, the punk rocker yeah. mentality. He, I was watching uh, an interview with him. or Somebody asked him, this or Bud Light? <laughs> Bud Light, buddy. <laughs> yeah, the dude fucking chain smokes. Like a, he's just one of those that just doesn't give a fuck, dude. Yeah, I, I'm ex I've always wanted to... Here's my thing. Anything, any hip-hop mainstream, I'm going to say, not underground, because I still love a lot of underground stuff coming out today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan, right? Right. So I, I, I hesitate to get into these things, such as Kendrick Lamar. Um, but I learned my lesson with um, Mac Miller. I did not want to give it a shot, right? I said, this guy's famous. He's on MTV. People are hyping him up. Arrogantly, I said he's got to, he's got to fucking suck mm -hmm. from what people crave today. So I'm not gonna do it. He passed. Um, I don't know. Oh, on um, there's a channel on on YouTube called Mass Appeal, mm -hmm. and they do this thing where they get these producers or musicians. They take them to a record store, and they give him a few minutes to find three records randomly. Mm -hmm. You they blindfold them, one record, two records, three records. They open their eyes. And they're, they're now challenged to make a beat within 10 minutes from these three records. Right. It's fucking crazy. Wow. The shit that people come up with in 10 minutes is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I saw his just because, you know, I, was, I like watching the series. And his fucking came out great. He actually played live bass on his fucking track. Oh, wow. And that's when I was like, God damn it. Now I got to fucking listen to this dude. Yeah. And I loved him. Wow. And now I'm sad that I got into him after he passed away. And uh, it's funny you say that because, you know, like Post Malone plays guitar he plays yeah. instruments yeah and um and i think that's why his songs are different in my opinion like uh, yeah i just yeah you know again i struggled i would hear his songs and be like oh what the hell is this what the hell but then i again the backstory kind of interested me mm -hmm. i started listening and then i started realizing the songwriting started realizing things he was talking about which i'm not a big lyricist but i appreciate yeah. it and um i think i think the, what what gets me about people nowadays and Call it jealousy. Call it what you will. The fact that these people nowadays are famous for shit that they're not even into. Effortless, 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 effortlessly, effortless. Today, Junior, effortless, <laughs> effortless. What the fuck? I can't say it. You know, effortlessly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Making it right, hitting the big time. On fucking accident. Yeah. But yet, I know your your dreams and aspirations of being a rock star is fucking over. Yep. But for people like me who would not mind it, 
been trying my whole life and these dudes like yeah i'm a hard rocker turned trap person by accident right and i'm fucking famous yeah drives me crazy yeah so that part of the story that's it kind of deterred me from wanting to listen i'm like you know not even you not even passionate about what you fucking do yeah you know what i mean but then it allows him to do the things like what we talked about yeah, the Nirvana yeah, thing, yeah, where he get gets them. to get that rock release, yeah, so yeah. to speak. All right. So on that note, um, we're running out of time. I, I we need to do the chat. Yeah. Yes, I do, <laughs> my friend. I tell you what, I got my glute exercise today. Okay. So welcome to another episode segment of the chat. Today on the chat. Oh, t- sorry. Today we need a we need a, a cue board in here so I yeah, can be exactly. like today on the chat <laughs> I bring to you a band. Um I've been listening to them maybe about six, seven months, roughly around there. They're a heavy band, very heavy, female fronted. Um they're a band called Harriet. H E R I O T Harriet. Um very heavy. What I love about them, um like there's this one song, I forgot the name of it, Blast Beats pure fucking aggression and the verse goes straight into like this just pretty angelic part um they're very gritty they're very dark um i think they only have somewhere around nine thousand listeners on spotify fucking sad very yeah, underrated almost ten thousand yeah um again i'm sticking with my girls I, I love female artists more than i do male artists and here's more proof of that so harriet i love them if you're into that pretty aggression more aggressive than pretty they're very heavy yeah but i like them so today on the chat we feature harriet and on that note i listened to your last chat uh coast contra yes was it? uh-huh they're good very very 90s like you said right very 90s very like 90s party yeah uh kind of along correct me if i'm wrong kind of along the the same vein of like black eyed peas in a yeah. weird way yeah um I realized they were like they're featured on a lot of bigger artists' music, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, I liked it. I mean, not my go-to listen to every day type of thing, but I appreciated it for what it was. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to see somebody bring back something that's very ninety sounding. Um, well, you I, need to listen to Joey Vlance. You need to give oh, that yeah, one a full dude. Talk about <clears throat> talk about fucking nineties, dude. I mean. Yeah. You can literally pick these two little motherfuckers up and drop them in 1996 and they would go running. Isn't it funny how a few years back it was like a big movement to sound very 80s again and yeah. now it's like sounding very 90s. It's 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 sad. I'm not looking to the 2000 for to the 2000s. Oh, dude, can you imagine the resurgence of uh No, they're still around. I was going to say my chemical romance. <laughs> Yeah, they're really and they're really coming around again too. Like, yeah, we're gonna go see them September thirtieth. Like, in yeah, they're back. They're back together or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, I bought God. these. They were supposed to have one reunion tour in twenty twenty, but fucking COVID hit mm-hmm. and they canceled it. So I bought my kid. I, I bought my kid tickets two years ago. Yeah, we're barely going to see I them. I never liked My Chemical Romance. You did. You wanna know how I know you did? I liked maybe a song or no. two. No, I never got into them. False. Everyone seems to think that Three Cheers for Revenge was their first album, when in fact, they were signed to Oddball Records prior to that, and they have another album. Mm-hmm. You showed me that fucking album. Really? Yeah. I do not recall. But I played the fifth. If you, if you listen to that album, and you listen to their shit after, it's like listening to two different bands. Oh, 
That's interesting. Yeah. I got to go back and listen to that. Yeah. All right. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you again for tuning in. You like that? Real fucking radio, right? Yeah. I've been practicing. Every time I shit, I'm like, how do I end the show? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yep. So thank you guys for listening. Again, um, if you want to start a podcast and you want to do it effortlessly and have all the work done for you, please go to letthereberockep.com. Nevermorerecords.com. Yep. Right? Um, You can get a tour. You can get samples. You can come in and check everything out before you decide. I, non-biased, would actually fucking do it if my best friend was not the owner so i don't have to (laughs) (laughs) um and also if you're for your toy needs if you're interested in toy geek shit i feature a brand uh, not a brand new toy of my collection every day on plastic realm toys on youtube YouTube. yeah Mm -hmm. all right and check out the harriet that's the chat for the day (laughs) all right all right everybody thank you until next time bye bye